0: You're listening to Fourth Fed, Fed Digital, Digital. BXU Heart. BX <laughs> Yo, 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 what's going on? It's your boy, Kingsbridge Rich. Listen, I'm excited to come to you as a one percenter. Today I'm coming to you as a one percenter, and I'm going to explain. So statistically, if you get up into this point where I'm at, past 21 episodes of a podcast, then you have surpassed, you are now a part of the one percent. And so, big round of applause. To so yours truly, Kingsbridge Rich, because we are now on episode 22 so I'm very excited and thrilled for all of your support. Thank y'all. For all my new fans, followers, people's family, thank y'all. So I am today going to speak on a couple of questions and answers that we got from Instagram. Now is a great opportunity for me to plug that in. So TikTok family, what up? Shout outs to you guys. I'm also on IG, so you can follow me on TikTok as Kingsbridge underscore Rich. You can catch both of my IGs, my underscore Bronx underscore story or Kingsbridge underscore rich. And um, yeah, that's it for social media for now. So we got that going on. Guys, I'm excited to uh, to share with you that we also got some merch. I got my Kingsbridge hats. That happened because I had lost a hat at one point. Didn't know where it's at. Ironically, we just found it the other day after I placed an order, but... I had to get like one of those like minimums so you know i went for one hat and came up with six so i got five hats for sale and there's one that's already taken so that's a count of four four hats for sales guys um pick them up They're kingsbridge and um it's pretty much a block hat so you know your street blocks the signs that you have that are in green and black if you go on my just like it's been a minute since i had my hat so it says kingsbridge on the front I was rocking that hat with every fit that I had for a minute. So I was really feeling it. I was also really missing it. So now I got my replacement hat. And you guys can pick up a hat. You don't have to be from Kingsbridge to get it. And these are from um, Freaky Fridge. They say I am everywhere. And so I had to get it from him. So shout outs to the Lower East Side. Freaky Fridge. I got a chance to chill with them the other day. And I was also on the Lower East Side checking out their shop. So it's pretty dope. You can catch a little clip that I put together on Instagram, had a little fun with it. So it was cool. And, you know, and I just want to share this about Freaky. He's such a humble dude. I knew of him for a while. I knew that he made the house that I was interested in, but I got a chance to speak with him. I definitely want to have him interviewed on the show because, you know, he has a great energy, great story. And um, and he was actually showing me some clips of um, Logan Paul's trainer and he sports the brand heavy everywhere he goes with the with the tags on it and i was watching clips from showtime i was watching all kind of youtube clips all over the place and it just showed me and so in seeing how humble he is and how much people like mess with him heavy and and you know the whole area and stuff just as like a person that has roots in lower east side him being you know on lower east side it was pretty dope and so like us bronx has we got a rock like that i've been coming out And showing love to people's uh, events And being a part of a whole bunch of efforts And so, you know, I just don't want this to be a podcast And I've always been community-oriented to a degree But it's been a minute that I was focusing on just myself So this is good, and there's a lot of exciting stuff That's going to come along on that note But I, um, I know, for one, what I wanted to do for a while Was deal with question and answers And so I asked, and this is the second week I'm talking about it So please, guys you know, Shoot on over to anywhere where you can contact me and send me a message, please. And just like, let me know something that you would like me to, um, to bring up. like a, not, not just like a whole subject, but if you have a question about me or Kingsbridge related or Highbridge or Bronx related. But I got two questions. I'm going to um, open up my notes on the phone, give you a little glimpse of the two people who contributed now. This made me have to focus on gangs. I did touch on gangs a little bit in the 90s, but both of these questions had to do with gangs and both of these questions come from folks who are from the Kingsbridge area. And so they're they're younger than a younger generation and what do we see now? We see a ton of gangs and block gangs and you know all the you know crime is is where it's at, but you know I just want to get a chance to, like I do on social media where I bring you, like, it's like a flash from the past. When you get to my, to my social medias and stuff, I put all these clips and videos. You know, everybody knows me for having, like, throwbacks or whatever. So it's interesting to get these questions from folks who are from a different generation because I have to make sure I don't take for granted things that, you know, were very common for me, whether it's a milestone. So I can, I can easily talk about three stores on Kingsbridge And to a younger person, they might have never experienced that. And so uh, I have these two questions that I'm going to answer. And uh, one of them is from, they're both from IG. One of them is Andrew Lewis. And then the other one is Contraband Blazing. So these are the two accounts. Follow them if you should, if you so choose to and shout outs to them because they also gave me um, a shout out and they showed me love and support. Told me that they rock with the, with the page And they also rock with the podcast So, you know On that note, just thank you for that For your support And wanted to give you our little flowers at the same time So here you go We're on Angel Lewis's question Which is, how was it growing up in a mixed family Of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans And the second part of that is Did you ever have to choose sides growing up In the Bronx with the Nietas and DDP? And so I'm gonna answer that question on two perspectives. One of them being like, you know, just kind of the distinguishing differences being that I'm mixed half and half. So I have the mother side, Puerto Rican, father side, Dominican. So I'll address choosing sides and what that looked like or sides kind of presenting themselves to be a better side for lack of better words. and I wanna paint that for you. So, um, but more particularly, the question is about growing, taking sides growing up in the Bronx between like Nietas and DDP. So for those who are not familiar with gangs, Nietas is a Puerto Rican gang. Um, you know, you, you would see more Nietas in jail, but we're talking the 1990s. And in the 90s, a lot of these people who are, you know, these types of gangs that were in the jails were flooding into the streets as well. And one of the major gangs in the streets were Latin Kings, and so the nietas were like, a, and you know, I, I, I'm, I could be a little wrong, but there was also, they were, they were called like emanitos and stuff like that. So um, Latin kings would refer to each other, nietas, like emanitos. But then, like, those gangs were like kind of like a, a cousin gang, if you want to call it. So they also had like a universal handshake amongst them, and that was the wave. And so back then, when it came to gangs, you had very Puerto Rican gangs like the nietas. Very Puerto Rican gang, like the Latin Kings, but you also had Dominican gangs as well. And so in the streets that I had to choose between either of them, who I was going to choose, I didn't have to choose between them, but let me paint the picture for you. So with the gangs, and and I'm going to take you to 1993. So this is high school. I'm getting on the train, traveling to high school now. I'm going across stops. So I'm seeing more of the city, more of the borough. And what's around at the time coming out of the subways are tons of people with beads. And so tons of beads everywhere. And at the time, it wasn't just like your Latin Kings with the yellow and black. You also have Zulu Nation. And Zulu Nation, you may know Zulu Nation for being involved with hip hop or the righteousness of Zulu Nation, the Afrocentricism of Zulu Nation. But in the 90s, they moved around like a gang as well. And they had beads as well. In fact, Plenty of the gangs at the time had beads, and also people with Santeria had beads. There was just beads everywhere, and people were making beads out of all sorts of things. You also had your righteous people who had beads with Africa, so just flagging and showing off some in, in some form was uh, is like real heavy in the 90s. So at this time, you have, you have other gangs as well, like the Decepticons, Right. So these are lesser known gangs, but these gangs were really active. They had thousands of people, but there'll be people who you may encounter taking the train because they're like originated in Brooklyn or so. Not as much in the Bronx, but many times you'll join a gang because you went to school with everybody. And now you go home and you're like that one guy in your hood. And then before you know it, more people, in essence, that's how it goes, especially around that age group. You know, gangs is a very big thing for the age group. I'm 13 years old Cutting through the borough Taking, you know, two trains uh, The train by me, the four train And connecting to the six train Going to Gompers High School And, and they're 14, 15 year old Gangs, gangs, gangs And so the way the gangs was Just again to paint the picture These were typically your Puerto Rican gangs And black gangs Now you notice I didn't mention Cripp or Blood yet Because to do so we we'll have to put you want a timeline for the East Coast. So anyway, East Coast, 90s, early 90s, Latin King, whatever gangs were in the jails, and blood started popping up, and and Crips, as a response to blood, started popping up too. And uptown where, you know, Kingsbridge area was much more predominantly Crip. So this is a whole, I could say for the decade from like the early 90s up until the late 90s, progressively you started seeing more bloods you started seeing more crips. In terms of the Dominican gangs though, right? Early on, I can remember going to school which was pretty much my experience with with a, like a lot of gangs on a daily basis. Because these are big high schools. Just, you know, massive size schools. High schools are typically bigger. And so, you know, we were exposed to so many gangs. And in the 90s, like I said, there was a ton of gangs all around. So, when when it came to the Dominican gangs right you had DDP which stood for Dominicans don't play right and then you also had um um I knew MTTN Matatanes MTTN I knew some of them I I would say I started meeting them around the late ni- late 90s and stuff and um a lot of them I met them at Walton High School so here's the thing with the Dominican gangs I realized right I noticed that when it came to the Puerto Rican gangs, a lot of Puerto Ricans, you know, you want clout, you're dressing up, you're going to impress the girls from the hood, you know, you get the status with the gang, you know, you show up on the different blocks, you're meeting people, um, whether they're in the gang or not, like, you know, it's just the whole aesthetic of being a king in the 90s was just force when you saw the yellow and black, when When you saw, like, Latin kings or or nietas with the white and and they had their color beads. just There was just, like, this toughness that came along with it, obviously. Now, with the Dominican gangs, what I I realized going to high school was that, like, Dominicans would get picked on more often. And many times the Dominicans that were there were struggling with English. They may have just gotten there. And what I would realize with the Dominican gangs is that they were very family-oriented. Like... A Dominican person, girl, male or female, girl or boy, Dominican would be there kind of to me, I would say looking goofy. And this is no disrespect because I'm half Puerto Rican and half Dominican, which is very interesting about, you know, me answering these questions about Dominican gangs, Puerto Rican gangs, and, you know, wh- which, who do I identify with? And I went through my rounds of identifying certain ways too when it came to being Puerto Rican and Dominican. But with gangs, Dominican gangs, were like real family oriented and protecting even like the least of the dominicans there the frail one the nerdy one like it wasn't just a group of tough guys tough girls so i i recognized that and i realized that and and it was it was interesting to me because they were also real like they were cool to hang out with because when i started having issues with like bloods i was gravitating toward like dominican gangs now it's funny because in the early 90s I had this thing, and look, it's funny, because I'm half Dominican, I'm half Puerto Rican. Early on, I identified more with my Puerto Rican side, because my parents had both um, split up after jail. So they both get locked up together. My father's Dominican, my mom's Puerto Rican. But my father did five years. So I'm with the Puerto Rican side. My mom really didn't bring us around the Dominican side. So I'm not exposed to culture. I'm not even exposed to Puerto Rican culture, to be quite honest with you. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I grew up around soul music, American music. You know, Spanish music was bodega music. And, um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't directly influenced by Latino culture like that. I didn't have any kind of cultural expressions at home. I spoke English. I'm, a by the way, no sabo kid. I know a lot of people don't like the term. I'm a no sabo kid, guys, you know, and so to be a Puerto Rican New Rican, half Dominican, it comes with its pressures when you're not familiar. When you can understand Spanish and you can't speak it, you're not fluent with it, it comes with its territory. And then that is also a thing I have to add when it comes to the gangs. Because, you know, if you was a Dominican, but you spoke English fluently, then i chill with you. Come like the late 90s, I saw a lot, you know, there's more Dominicans coming in, a lot more of them who spoke English. And so for me, I hung out with more of them. Then I started going to, like, uh, hookie parties and chilling, and I was like, yo, this is dope as hell. They were, like, the fun ones. I think, like, when I hung out with, like, all my Puerto Rican and black friends, like, we'll get into problems. When I hang out with my Dominican friends, they just wanted to be lit and drink and chill. And then from there, I started meeting, like, more Dominican families and chilling in their family. And, and that was my experience with culture. In fact, when it came to culture... And not to get off too much about the gang part of it because like all of this intermixes anywhere with the whole urban scape of even down to the dancing which is what I'm going to get to. I got more involved in my in my roots as a Boricua, as an Afro-Latino. I got that from music. I didn't get that from home. I didn't get that from the family. It came to me through hip-hop. It came to me through the breakers. It came to me through house music. It came to me by the type of people involved in the culture directly in New York City in the Bronx and so I got a chance to get that for myself and for me it wasn't given to me in the home, I was a no sabo kid and I grew up on American music, on, on light rock, rock music, like th- this is what I came up with and hip hop too because my mother had me when she was, she was pregnant of me at 16. So. When the age is that close, it's like you come up with the same music to a degree as well. All of these, this is, this is to paint the picture of the times. This is to paint the picture of home. And the kid that goes into the street and joins a gang or hangs out with the gangs. So the Dominican gangs existed more as protection, as safety. Puerto Rican gangs were the ones that were known more for being with Puerto Ricans, like the Nientas and Latin Kings. You know, out there, some making money, drug money, other ones just, you know, just mobbing and getting together and doing what you do when you're in the gang. I don't want to spell it all out. But point being, when it comes to Dominican gangs, it wasn't really a choice for me. And then when you think about the Bronx, we're really segregated. I was in a little gang called KFH when I was what, 13 years old, black, Puerto Rican, Dominican, and we had one white friend, and he was like the white that called his mother by his front first name, her first name. Yeah, Alex Lang, Leslie, he'll call her Leslie. I'm like, that's your mom? Like, that's the kind of white? Yeah, the white that calls their parents and first name? That was him. And he was down in the gang, too. But um, at the time, as an El Sabo kid, I wasn't going to, you know, I, I, I remember in, like, the early 90s, 93, 94, that the majority of the Dominican friends I went to school with did not speak English. In fact, when I was in elementary school, they messed up and they put me. Well, that's another story. I was in ESL class as a no-soluble kid. I don't want to get into that right now. That's another trigger. But anyway, yeah, getting back on track. With With time, I think in the late 90s, you saw more Bloods, more Crips, and now you saw more Latin people in those gangs. And so now when it came to Latin gangs and how you knew Latin gangs, it started looking different. In fact, there'd also be more Dominicans in like the, the more Puerto Rican typical gangs like Latin Kings. Although there was always like Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, but it was way more Puerto Rican. But now 98 comes, 99, you have Bloods, you have a few more Crips, then you have Latinos joining Bloods, a lot more of them, and now Bloods is getting so much more established and Crips is getting so much more established on the East Coast here in the Bronx in New York City. And so That was the progression. And the time that we came, so it wasn't always like that, right? And I would say getting into the early 2000s, depending on which area you was in, like there was gangs that were like in areas that was like predominantly this gang or that gang. But a lot of a town was just blocks that were crews, like graffiti crews, that ended up selling crack. You know, people were just boosting um, or stick-up kids from a block that would go take over other people's blocks, get work, and now they got work and they're able to, like, you know, open up somewhere else. And so it wasn't that that was a blood block or a crip block. Like, when I knew gangs, I didn't know gangs like the way the West Coast knew gangs. I knew crews. So stick-up kid crews, it was... You know, money crews, crack, bl- black crews. And this was from the 80s into the 90s. You know, you had, you know, the crack when crack wasn't crack vows, when you had, the crews would buy the color tops, red top crew, orange top, you know, and then they moved to bags or whatever. But it was crews, money crews, graffiti crews that start selling crack and stuff. And so I didn't know gang the way people knew gang. I knew gang, Latin King, nieta Zulu Nation, and just Cruz. I wasn't, I wasn't really, I didn't really have to deal with the idea of gangs in my neighborhood. I had to really deal with that going to school. Even to the point that I got cut by Bloods outside of my school, on the corner of my school, in fact. Got in a fight with the dude, and um, his boy came from behind and, and cut my face and got blooded in. So for me, I only had to really worry about gangs when I left the block, because in the area, I knew all the people who was doing graffiti, I was with all the people who was the stick-up kids, and people came from other blocks to my block to make money. So for me, I came outside into that block. It, it, was, not, it was not me worrying about leaving the area. And when I left, I left to like work somewhere real quick and then come back. And that's pretty much all I did. So yeah, that was, that was pretty much my take on, on the question when it came to Dominican gangs. I never, ne- I never needed to make a choice between when it came to race, because the people I was around was based on my language and that was a divide for me. But when it came to the time that around the late nineties there was more Dominicans that were speaking English, I was rocking with them and it was fun. Before that, there was beef even between Puerto Rican and Dominican, which is odd because we all Latino. And I know nowadays it's not as much so, but back then it was like that too because the Puerto Rican gangs were settled on the Dominican gangs often. There was this big stabbing that happened in 93 and um, between Clinton and Walton. The meetup, the meetup was at Clinton High School. The Nieta, Zulu, Kings, everybody was going there. I don't know what month in 93, but it was... 93 and 94. And and so everybody was there meeting up from the different gangs all together and throwing up the universals. But they were all going to go troop down to get the Matatanes at Walton. And so I remember I got sent home that day by a king because the dude that was calling shots was calling shots. I said what's up to him because I grew up on the block that he came from and his whole family was like king and yet... He was, he was, like, second generation and all of that, but he was a few years older than me. So I went, I said, what's up? I haven't seen him in a long time. He saw me there, and he sent me home. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want you out here. And it was love, but I was here acting like, oh, no, yeah, I want to be here, I want to do this, whatever. And it turned out later that, you know, a few people got stabbed up. You know, when I got cut in my face, I started hanging out with the Matatanes because they also didn't like the bloods. And the way I met those matatanes is that I was wearing a blue bandana. I was only wearing a blue ban- bandana so that Bloods could see me and try to get at me. And then they was like, yo, you crip. And I was like, nah. I just, and then I pulled out a knife. I was like, yeah, I just do this just in case some Bloods. Something dumb or whatever, I wasn't really thinking. But yeah, there was like, oh, you're mad cool. And then I started chilling with them ever since. House parties, music, merengue, Durango boots. Leather jackets with the flaquitos, Hair gel Mac cologne Wide leg pants What? It was lit But I had a good time man And so that's my take on Dominican gangs and Puerto Rican gangs I didn't have to choose between them The second question comes from Contraband Blazing My question would be Was there always gangs on the bridge like they are now? And so this kind of borrows from the first question They're very similar which is why I decided to just kind of talk on the subject of gangs and, and the, you know what, what it meant for me traveling through the city as a kid with all these gangs around us. That's somebody, somebody my age's kid has to have that same experience now because of gangs, you got O block and Q block and three block. If my kids heard me say that right now, they'll die. But feel me, like there's, there's a gang for every block. And so, for a while, we had major gangs, you know, the ones we know of, Blood, Crip, and everything that you hear. And, you know, those were pretty much phasing out all the little crews that you heard of for for a long time. And now we're going back to there's just little sections off the block. Almost like things are reverting when it comes to gangs and crews. What does that look like? You know, so anyway, it's just something to think of um, when it comes to, let's see. Kingsbridge, yeah, cause I lived in two places. I lived on Highbridge, they the well, we got evicted Mad Times. When I say two places, is two general areas, a few apartments in each general area. <laughs> Word, just just to let you know. But I want to clarify, it's not only So these questions is you know is all from people people from Kingsbridge, but I um I also grew up in Highbridge, and when I grew up in Highbridge, it was like us was an insane amount of land Kings and yetas in that area. in fact, there's this kid the one that I said that was calling shots like six years later or whatever was like I would say like seven years prior to that and I got a picture of him on the front of my steps or whatever he's old school he got he got his name is not good, so I'm not even gonna mention it anyway, but this dude like I remember I was on my block and him being an older kid, he comes and and I end up with him. I go around the block. He tells his father something, that guy's father's so mad, he goes inside a toolbox, pulls out a shotgun, he starts aiming in the air, and shooting. And I'm just hearing my ear ring, ping. and I'm like, what's this long bearded, which he was also a Latin king, well. his father was a Latin king as well. A whole family, of like, gangs yeah, and I'm here running out like, yo, what's going on? I had to be like 10 years old, dealing with that, yeah, that's that's... That was my first experience with a gun going off and, and with the Latin King. And in that area, like, it was so many Latin Kings that, like, everyone's bigger brother was a Latin King. And everyone's uncle was a Latin King. And, like, the whole, like, I would say in Highbridge, I lived on Nelson, it was Nelson, it was Anderson, it was Woodycrest, Shakespeare, 162. There was, there was kings, like, all over the place. So much so, there's one of, the, one of the kings that lived on our block, like he got into like dealing and, and got into a setup situation and they took his life or whatever. But he was buried at the artist's Funeral Home right off of Fordham on the Grand Concourse. That's the first gang, that's the first gang funeral I've ever been to. That, that his body was dressed in yellow and black all over. And again, no disrespect. I, and this is me as a father thinking about it. I can't imagine my kid being in, in that sort of affiliation and then me honoring those colors at a funeral. And I know there's rules and conversations on how that goes. I don't know those rules and I don't know those conversations because I wasn't down with those gangs. But that was wild, going in and, and seeing the hands up there, the beads on the neck, the clothing, the hat. Everything, yellow, black, yellow, black, yellow, black. That was wild. And that was during my times in Highbridge with, uh, like I said, generations of Latin kings. Big deal. But back then we had the Zulu um as well. It was very a- a- Afrocentric. And um with, with the Zulu Nation, and when I got into breakdancing, it was at that point that my idea of the Zulu Nation changed. Because before that, and so... I could say the two things that happened because of Zulu Nation for me. Well, three things, I'm going to say it. The first thing that happened because of Zulu Nation is that soon after with time, I had an experience with breakdancing. And then from there, I started learning. But as I learned about breakdancing and the culture around it, I learned about Zulu Nation and hip hop. And that's when I started realizing some of my favorite rappers were Zulu Nation. And they weren't just a gang with a ton of colors. Like they had chapters Zulu Nation had chapters in the hood and, and colors and there was, you know, from different areas and territories and a whole history on the gang side. And that's what I knew. Through hip hop, I started learning about Zulu Nation and then break dancing. And, and from there, it opened up a whole... And it, it, for me, this is why to this day, when people ask culture, and like you look at my skin color and I have a hard time telling you just, you know, I refer as black. You know, and it puts a, a no-sabo person like me, and this is like a real personal statement I'm going to make, right? As a no-sabo person that, cultural, right? I'm not in a household that's really given a, a clear description of my past, my ancestors. I don't know that. That's not formed in me at home, right? Do hip-hop, I meet people... I started learning about instruments and and the breaks and 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 you know just the makeup of the music and and the history of of, of the people, the migration patterns through hip hop. And so for me, I wasn't taught Spanish at home. I wasn't taught about the foods or the customs at home. What I and and then I didn't have the language to carry me with other people who may have like I had a cousin from Puerto Rico that'll come every summer. We'll talk to him in English, he'll talk to us in Spanish, and we'll figure it out and we'll play. I I couldn't speak Spanish. So as a no-sabo kid, right, who who comes up in the house that has learned music, American music, soul music, right? And then when we think about race, and we we think about the fact that Latino is not a race, Hispanic is not a, a race. It's an ethnicity and culture, but how much of it do you have? As a no sabo kid that's not taught that Because you could be just Like language could be the one thing you don't have But you can also not have the language And not have none of the culture And then I get shit Because I want to say I'm black It could be confusing You look at my skin color And you know you use colorism And it's like that's not your race You could be black and Latino But because I'm not the right shade Then it's not me But I'm not the right shade of white Or close to it So that won't be me by features, by skin complexion. So it's just a real particular place to be in. And it could be, it's just, it's the feeling of not being accepted in either side. You know, and that's a a challenge. And so for me, I want to embrace blackness because this is how I identify. And I want to confidently do it without a part of my black experience being taken away from me. As an Afro-Latino, I don't want to put a comma by who I am This is I'm black period I'm You know Latino period I'm an Afro Latino And you know Simply put But I Yeah I learned I learned this stuff Through hip hop I learned this stuff Through meeting Righteous people Through the culture That I identify with I identify with Hip hop culture That Like When we think about Hip hop And a person being hip hop Coming up from the Bronx With graffiti Around graffiti Pioneers, breaking pioneers, just being around pioneers in the hood, doing normal things aside from the arts, just doing normal things with these people and, and coming from a place so rich with culture. And so it, it was a very interesting time for me and I learned a whole lot. But it's in those times that I learned my culture and the Africanness of who I am. And so what I leaned on more, what I leaned on most of was that side. And yeah, I can dance a merengue and a bachata, you know, much better than I can speak. Yes, I can follow some recipes and cook some food. And maybe now as an adult, learn about my culture because I am now seeking that. But it's not something I came up with. It's something I have to look for. The first thing I was introduced to in terms of culture was hip hop hip-hop period so all to say shout outs to all the zulu nation and everybody from because that was the second part of zulu nation that i was going to say the third part of zulu nation er, shout outs to those you know in the b-boy community heavy you know so of course i gotta send flowers and it's not the disrespect but there's also controversy and things that i've been exposed to in the world of gangs as well so in the times where zulu nation for me was known as a gang I had heard about Africa, Bambada's name. I had known the song Planet, Earth, uh, Planet Rock because it was, to me, a very commercial song. Even, you know, at my age, whatever you hear hearing and you are already associated with breakdancing. But I still didn't make the connection because to me, Zulu Nation on the streets was gang. And there's a time that I remember there was this, it was a, a piece of paper that was written, it was photocopied, and it was shared amongst people. Me being in the little gang, Locally that I was in I also had acquired this piece of paper and on that paper was an account of Africa Bambata Being a pedophile and that was amazing to me I had some friends that were Zulu nation and in the little gang that we were in with some time like you know That was getting older we were getting older and some some of uh, some of the people in the little gang We were in went on to join bigger gangs and some of them went on to go to Zulu nation and so I had read this flyer, this little flyer, little square thing that was written about African Bambara. This is 1993 and it was talking about that about you know just the it was either a person's testimony or it was a warning to people to know that African Bambara had, you know, pleasures with boys and for people who were thinking about going around and being involved with the gang, with the with the organization, with the association, whatever way they identify, that was like a warning to take heed to. And so that stood out for a long time. And then fast forward, we see the Hassan Campbell and other people who have come up with the same claims, and it kind of makes it valid. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, those are the three things on Zulu Nation. But I knew them as a gang first, and then it was hip hop. But thank you. And, you know, the other part, I don't know, because innocent to proven guilty and I'm not trying to um yeah I'm not the law I'm not the judge I don't know I know that there's I don't I don't know the story far enough to know that there's any you know if there's any charges or whatever I don't even know if he, for all I know Bam did time for it already or he hasn't done time I don't know I don't know enough to speak on it I do know that I seen that flyer in 93 and that's wild to know that all those years later you see a face to it, TMZ, and this shit is big news, and it's stuff that passed to you paper to paper before the internet, that's bugged to me. So thank you for that question, Contra Blazing, and um, I thought that it would be cool to end on a cool, funny, and playful note, because all this Boricua, Puerto Rican, Dominican stuff got me thinking about my roots and my insides, because I'm half Puerto Rican, half Dominican, and so if you were wondering... Right, do I experience racism? Absolutely, absolutely, my Puerto Rican side sometimes will say things against my Dominican side. Absolutely, I've heard those Dominican jokes, which are corny as hell, which is corny as hell, but... Um, no, I, um, I say, being half Puerto Rican, half Dominican, I get, I get, of course, two different experiences when it comes to food, types of music, but these are for me experiences that I got from my teenage years on. So these are not experiences that I that bring me back to like my early days and not, nothing like that. So for me, as as like a teen into adult, that's my experience of like you know culture, whatever, like that music, whatever. But these these now are now I'm moving into the area of things that I will say separate me and I'm divide, that. have a hard time on and so for being puerto rican or dominican you guys can make the choice i'm going to say some things on your end you think if it's an easy this or easy that that's up to y'all but i'm going to run by this list and it's going to kind of introduce to you how puerto rican i am on this and how dominican i am on that so now i don't know at the end of it somebody could keep tally i'm not doing it i have enough questions here That are typical questions that people have Or things that people say Puerto Rican, Dominican I like to say I got the best of both worlds Let's see what you guys say And how your list stack up to mine So here we go In the PR versus DR debate Who makes the best model? Puerto Rican or Dominican? I am going to go with Dominican Because I'm going to say Arocon Gondules goes to the Boricuas and if you guys agree with me... Somebody keep the tally. Hit me up. Somebody DM me with the tally on this. I'm not doing it. Next one. Island to enjoy. Which one would you prefer? The island of Borinque. Or... Going to DR. For me... I think I enjoy the Dominican Republic more. I've been to both twice. Maybe I need more times to make an official answer. But as of now... I think I like... I like DR better because there's no Jones Act like Puerto Rico. But I think I enjoy the island of the I, I like DR better. I think I would say vacation spot if I had to choose between the two. And it has nothing to do with money. Or ease of transportation. Like if somebody is out of a passport. Then, yeah, I think I'm going to go with DR. Up next, whose rum is better? Mmm. We got Bacardi, which... Listen for lack of Another one I'm just gonna go with Bocardi, Even though there's one that's actually More boricua than that But it's that versus Brugal Now I think you might have to base that On what music you're listening to Right like if you listen to some salsa You probably need like a rum and coke Not rum and coke like that Rum and coca cola if you listen to Bachata, you got to have Brugado or Barcelona. I don't know. I'm going to give it to though, so we're going to go on DR's side. And now, Merengue versus Salsa. I love them all, but I enjoy Merengue more. If I had to choose the DJ that did not have that playlist, I'll choose the DJ that had Merengue over the DJ that had Salsa without the Merengue. I think I could go to a party and listen to Merengue all night. Now I think I know I could, but I can do without salsa playing. I'm not that good at salsa dancing anyway, am I? But yeah, yeah, I'm not. Merengue and bachata, that's my thing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a, you know, a, yeah, overwhelming slide to the to the Dominican side. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Next up, Mama Juana o opitoro. Hmm. You see, I don't want nobody to hate me after this. I got love equally, but I'm going to go with Mama Juana. That's my choice. Now, whose sofrito is better? Mm. That's a tough one. Now, when you think about sofrito, the question would be because Boricuas like to use a lot of tomato paste and reds, and Dominicans like to... Dominicans... Make the sofrito like on the spot. When you think about it, like you you're dicing all the vegetables right there, like you you're putting the same stuff that's inside the. So, I don't know. I guess um, I guess I'm gonna go Dominican on that one for the sofrito because the sofrito is like live. <laughs> it's like right on the spot. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Dominican people's uh, sofrito is better. Whose accent sounds sexier to me? Hmm. I think I'm gonna give it to DR. I'm gonna give it to DR. Yeah, I get, I'm sorry. And again, this is no disrespect, but this is coming from a Boricua. But that real, real heavy accent sometimes, I can't even, yeah, I can't, I can't imitate it. I wish I could, but I can't. That real strong, yeah. So, mmm, sexy, yeah, because a Boricua, a strong Boricua accent, hearing it for too long gets on my nerves. I can't hear it, I can't. I can't hear it for more than an hour. Like, I have to go get some headphones and put some merengue real quick. Something. Watch a Sankey Punky movie. Something to get my... Nah. So, yeah, I'm going to give... Who's, whose accent is sexier to me? I would say Dominican. Don't throw a shoe at me, please. <laughs> um, yeah, Dominican accent. Now, next one. This one's a big deal. Whose potato salad is better? So, if you don't know, when it comes to potato salad, you can have pink potato salad, which is the way the Dominicans make it, or the Boricuas. You're going to have your white potato salad, which is, you know... Just don't make this mistake. Do not get your potato salad from Associated or any supermarket. Bravo, Pioneer... Do Pioneers even exist still? Don't do it. Do not... I don't... Listen, if you see 10 Dominican people behind the counter making sandwiches and, and putting every other food choice out for the buffet and you see also potato salad there still don't trust it it's not good that whatever recipe is a conspiracy you're gonna think because you see that many Latin people around that there's no way that there's a bad and that's not true and and I've 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 known this and still on a lunch break have purchased a macaroni salad or a potato salad that'd be garbage all you boricuas around me and y'all let me do this. Nobody gave me a look and just like, that's not us. We ain't make that. So yeah, but on the fact of which ones I think is better, I'm gonna go with the pink potato salad, which is the ones that Dominicans use. They use beets in it. So that's how you get the red. Um, you, they use beets, so that's how you get the red, the red pinkish, the pinkish color. It better not be red, then that, that, <laughs> that it's not gonna be good. So definitely pink. So, Con Con or Pegao, which one are you going to? Which, which one you call it? Is it con, con with with? Or is it Pegao? Pegao kind of describes it so it makes more sense, Pegao, but Con, con sounds better to me. I think con, con sounds better than me. I like the way Con Con sounds. I, matter of fact, not that I like it that way. Which, way. which way do I ask for it? Do I ever say, let me get some Pegao? I never say that. That sounds too difficult. Concon. Con. Say it twice Yeah con, con guys I'm sorry So that's Yeah My concon pre- con is oh, If you're a peg out person Holler at me Let me know Worst insult Who got the worst insult I'm gonna line Two insults up And then you guys Could choose Which one's the worst Out of the two So Huele bicho Or mama Mama Which one sounds worst Which one is gonna get You slapped by your grandfather Hardest Mama yema, yeah, Mama yema, yeah, that's a bad one. All right, on to better ones, better questions. Whose parade is more lit? I think, I think the Dominican parade's more lit. I think you guys are arguing. I already know a couple of y'all that's going to argue with me on this one. Especially, we, we went to a lot of Puerto Rican parades together, a whole lot. But nah, I think the Dominican parades are more lit. There's more coro going on. Like, you got, you got dudes going into the parade with their own guitar off the train and they're young, like 17 with a guitar and a harmonica, something crazy, you know what I mean? How many instruments, yo, any, and that's the pleasure of being, half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. I will roll to mad Puerto Rican parades and festivals. And I'll also go to mad Dominican parades and every Dominican parade I go to, there's at least three people with instruments. So anyway, ask me which one is more lit. I think the Dominican parade is more lit. Whose men are more faithful? I'm gonna let the scorned women answer that. If you hear that question, please answer it on IG. Please, 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 guys. Ladies, you hear this question, answer it for me based on your experience. Which men are more faithful? Puerto Rican men or Dominican men? Which bodega is more popping? Boricua bodega or Dominican bodega? You see, you play the numbers at the Dominican bodega. So I'm, I'm going to lean on it You see, all my, I know already I set myself up All my bodico friends are going to turn their backs on me No love So yeah, because I keep giving it to the Dominican side Damn it, but Let's see what other questions Maybe, yeah, I'm almost out of questions So yeah Looking at how many are on one side It's kind of like overwhelming What I got left I'm going to leave on this note This is a good one to end off on Which barber Are you taking your son, to for his first haircut? Mmm. Are you going to that Boricua barber? Mmm. Are you going to that Dominican barber? Mmm. Anywho, guys, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your time. Everybody's been a thrill on this journey. Again, I'm in the 1% Club. So thank you. It's because you guys continue to show your support. So I appreciate all your support. Again, the plugs for the social media, follow me on TikTok, follow me on both my pages on IG, and holler at me some of the things I ask y'all, if you guys got a question of your own to share with me, or if you have a comment to share with me, if you have a question for the show or myself, please send me a DM, i will be more than happy to read on the show. Anyway, thank you for those who contributed a question, thank you for everybody else again for your time, and until next time, this is Kingsbridge Rich. With the My Bronx Story Podcast. Peace.